Now all across North Carolina, it's Carolina Newsmakers. Here's your host, Don Curtis. Well, welcome back to Carolina Newsmakers, and we are delighted to have this uh, very special guest with us today, uh, Thomas Stiff, who is the president of the North Carolina Community College System, and uh, he has been in that job since January the 11th, 2021, and uh, as I was saying before the program started, the community college system is such a blessing to so many people. It has served so many people well. So we're delighted to have you here to talk about the community college system. And I guess I'm going to start off by just saying, okay, you've been in the job now a, a year and what, three or four months. So what are the lessons that you've learned about your job that, uh, uh, have uh, occurred to you during this first 14, 15 months of your term? Sure. Well, Don, first of all, thank you for the opportunity to come speak with you again. I had a good conversation last uh, last time we had the opportunity to come together and uh, look forward to that uh, today. Uh, I would I would say without question, the first thing that uh, impressed me uh, upon me uh, first few days and throughout uh, my tenure as president of the system is as I look at our 58 colleges across the state of North Carolina and, and uh, here at the system office, is just the passion and commitment of the individuals working within the community college system. Uh, you, you look at the, just the, the bright talent that's in our classrooms, providing that uh, educational instruction for our students, our administrators, our presidents. Uh, they are committed and passionate about the mission of the community college system. Uh, many of them, in, in particular in these very fluid uh, times, could be anywhere uh, in, in private sector or in other higher education institutions, but they choose to be a part of the community college system. And that, uh, to me, is our one of our competitive advantages of our system. It's the people uh, and their commitment to uh, the, the mission of the community college. And and that's providing uh, and meeting people where they are and taking them as far as they can go. Uh, as the uh, father of the community college system said, uh, Dallas Herring, you know, we are we provide that open door to higher education. And uh, as I've said, I think we should continue to be that first choice for affordable and accessible education in the state of North Carolina. So first and foremost, uh, just the people uh, in, involved and engaged each day in the, the community college system. I think second, I would say that uh, just the, the depth and breadth of the people that we reach. Uh, I had the honor of participating in several of our commencement exercises uh, here at the end of the year. And uh, our graduates range from 14 years old to 77 years old. And so we are meeting the needs of North Carolinians uh, all, from all geographic backgrounds, from all age groups. Uh, and uh, it just shows me the impact uh, that the community college system has on the lives of people in the state and the key role that we play uh, in, in fueling the job engine in North Carolina. I don't know of any other um, organization or entity in the state that works hand in hand with our business community, our, our employers in the state to ensure that we have highly educated uh, individuals entering the workforce. And um, I had the honor to see that as our, our graduates uh, entered the, the uh, quote, real world uh, this year. And uh, it's just very exciting to know what we're doing uh, just uh, to ensure that North Carolina's economy continues to move forward and prosper. 
Well, I was talking to someone from out of state about our community college system, and he he said, uh, what do you think makes it so unique? And I said, well, I'm, you know, I'm an outsider looking in, but one of the things that has always impressed me is how flexible the community college system is because you have so many uh, students that take one course uh, or doing some continuing education. You have others that are preparing to go to the university system and take their first couple of years at the community college level. And, and then, of course, there's just a pile of students in between uh, with all sorts of different certificate degrees and things like that. So the word flexible is uh, the word that I would use to describe the, the, the schools. And of course, uh, not only is each school, not only is the system flexible, but the each individual school seems to be highly flexible and highly responsive to that community. And I think that's one of the things that makes it so successful. Uh, w without question, uh, when we say we meet students where they are, that that's in multiple ways. Uh, and first and foremost, as you're outlining, providing the flexibility, uh, you know, if we're meeting the needs of a high school student that's involved in dual enrollment, uh, taking classes not only at their high school, but at a local community college, one of our board members uh, that recently uh, graduated, the student representative graduated actually a week before his high school graduation, he graduated from Gaston Community College. In the next week, graduated from high school. Uh, we have a significant uh, initiative around adult learners. And those are individuals that have been, you know, obviously out of uh, high school for a while, those adult learners, 25 and older, individuals that may be interested in uh, upskilling or have been displaced because of the pandemic. And we know they have uh, different demands on their lives. They may be working full time and need to take courses in the evening or they they have a family. And so they're balancing uh, their family life, work life and also uh, returning uh, to school to receive uh, could be short term workforce training to get a certificate or a, a, a two year associates and 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 individuals that may want to receive that two year associates and then go on to a four-year institution because of the, the seamless transition uh, between the two. So yes, we, we feel that it's very important because of our role in the economy, uh, preparing and, and providing a, a vibrant and robust workforce pipeline that we have to be very, very flexible. Uh, if, we, if we look at the past few years, you know, the community college system never closed. Our doors remained open, uh, we were flexible, uh, in those cases that we had to pivot to uh, virtual learning, we did so, but we had many courses that still remained in-person on campus, and we were able to meet the needs of, of our students. You know, we, we serve over a half million students each year uh, in, in our various uh, programs, and so we find it um, we have to have that flexibility and, and provide innovative ways to uh, deliver our, our higher education uh, opportunities. And uh, of course, your schools have a, a independence that the, uh, uh, the, the university system, for example, is much more coordinated and uh, directed by the Board of Governors. Uh, but you allow each community college to sort of chart their own way in so many respects that allows them to be so much more responsive to the local needs. And I think that's a, a stroke of genius. I don't know who, who, who started that. Uh, way back when, but uh, that is uh, actually, uh, I think, one of the things that makes the system so so strong and vibrant is it can react to the local needs. 
It certainly, uh, we have a shared governance system uh, and uh, sometimes that can be challenging. <laughs> we have 58 uh, outstanding presidents and they have 58 boards of trustees as well. We have our state board uh, of 22 members. So uh, it, it can be challenging at times, but ultimately it provides a, a system of governance uh, that does exactly what you said, it allows for that responsiveness. We are community colleges. And so it allows each college to respond to the needs of their respective communities. But it also provides a framework for us to work together uh, in a very collaborative manner uh, and, and speak with a one voice, to speak as a system. Uh, you know, of course, we're the third largest system in the country. And so we, we uh, not only serve a significant role in North Carolina, but uh, we are uh, looked upon nationally uh, from a governance point of view and, and for the excellence that uh, our students achieve. And a part of that, uh, I would attribute to our governance structure. What, the, what are the differences in the sizes? I know the, the I believe Wake Community College is the largest, I believe, but you've got several rather large uh, community colleges, and then you've got a number of small ones. So what uh, what's the the lowest student count to the highest student count. Sure, and you're exactly right. When I say 58 colleges, there are 58 distinct colleges across the state. Uh, obviously right here in, in Wake County, Wake Tech is uh, the largest by student population, uh, but that ranges across the state. As you know, North Carolina still has a significant amount of uh, rural parts of our state and our rural community colleges uh, play a key role in their communities, not only uh, as the higher education uh, entity in those counties, uh, but they serve as an economic hub uh, for the community. So we range inside, you know, our larger, uh, our larger uh, institutions and colleges, obviously, in our, in our more urban counties. Uh, but uh, of our 58, a significant amount are located in our rural communities and, and, and serve those communities in multiple ways. Now, a number of schools go by Tech, Wake Tech or Wake or Richmond Tech or whatever. Others are called community colleges. That's basically a, a matter of legacy. There's really basically no difference between those, uh, those uh, schools as far as what they can offer and, and how they uh, provide services for the students. It's, that's uh, just a legacy matter. Am I yeah, correct yeah. in saying that? You're exactly right. And, you know, in the, as you say, from a legacy point of view, some colleges were initially technical schools, but uh, they all have the opportunity. Now you'll find multiple programs, uh, not only in your traditional trades, uh, but colleges are, are able to offer an array of programs from uh, from nursing to IT to biotechnology, uh, advanced manufacturing, uh, 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 pre-engineering we have uh, of course we're now in in teacher, teacher preparation uh, so our colleges have uh, certainly uh, matured and uh, become very robust in their program offering uh, from the from our early days we certainly honor and still have a foundation on our history uh, but have uh, become uh, very robust in, in in the various programs that are offered well it's it's been interesting because i remember the uh the uh, first community college i came from gaston county and i remember well when gaston community college was established and i think everyone had high hopes but i would have to say this i would have to say this from watching gaston college uh from its inception it has exceeded 
every expectation I think that anyone had back in 1955 or 56 when that uh, college was open. And I would say think that uh, everyone across the state would say the same thing about their community college, that it has probably exceeded their expectations. Oh, I, I won't argue with you. You know, the excellent leadership there at uh, Gaston College with uh, Dr. Hooser. Uh, and uh, I know, you know, most recently they've, they've done some rebranding. They're now the Rhinos. They have a very robust athletic program, but also a very robust um, uh, educational program. I actually, I'm, I'm traveling there soon. They have a partnership with NC State uh, and also uh, in, in international, working with a, a foreign country on textiles uh and the in the in the development of uh leading edge textiles so when you look at our community colleges uh they have uh come of age and they are key uh to our competitive advantage not only in business expansion in the state uh, but as we compete as a state globally uh, for economic opportunities well in the next segment i want to talk about how you collaborate with the other systems the university system and the K through 12 educational system. And we'll do that when we return with the next segment of Carolina Newsmakers with our special guest, Thomas Stiff, who's the president of the North Carolina Community College System. So you stay tuned. I spend a lot of time in the garage, but even more time in the rain, sleet, and mud. In 95, I helped tow your moving trailer. In 05, I helped you get out of a ditch. Yeah, I know I'm a bit rusty, and sadly in 09, it was sparks from me, your handy chains, dragging behind your truck that accidentally started a wildfire. Sparks from dragging chains can start a wildfire. Spark a change, not a wildfire. Visit SmokeyBear.com. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Only you can prevent wildfires. Here's a fun fact for you. The average chameleon can point their eyes in two different directions. On the other hand, the average human can't. So unless you're a chameleon there's absolutely no way you can focus on texting and driving at the same time. So don't do it, unless you're a chameleon. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. We continue with Carolina Newsmakers. Here's Don Curtis. Welcome back to Carolina Newsmakers. Our guest this week is Thomas Stiff, who's the president of the North Carolina Community College System. As we said, he has uh, been in that job now since uh, January the 11th, 2021. And uh, you, you sort of came in in a period of time where we were readdressing how we operated schools because of COVID-19. Uh, and I guess we probably need to talk a little bit about that. We'll do that a little later on of how COVID-19 did affect the operations of the systems, but uh, that seemingly is pretty much behind us these days. What I did want to talk about was the increasing cooperation between the other two major educational aspects of our state's uh, educational system, the uh, K through 12 public school system and the university system, because uh, 
uh, through the years, especially the last 10 years or so, I've seen that uh, uh, that uh, grow in, and become much more coordinated and much more uh, uh, collaborative, I guess is the right term. So tell us a little bit about how you first uh, collaborate with the university system, and then we'll talk about the K through 12 system as well. Oh, it, it's a, extremely important now for our, our higher education uh, partners and also K-12 to operate in a very collaborative manner. We have been very deliberate in developing uh, articulation agreements, which are agreements between our uh, two-year community colleges and our public and private four-year uh, colleges and universities to ensure uh, that there are seamless pathways from a two-year college experience to those individuals that want to begin at at a community college, complete their associates, and go on and transfer to a a four-year institution or begin uh, their career if they don't complete the the associates but still transfer on to a four-year public or private institution. And we have several agreements uh, in in, in various uh, courses of study. Uh, One, the most recent was articulation agreement around teacher preparation and, and ensuring that we have or we participated in providing a robust pipeline for our uh, the need for teachers, high quality teachers in the state. So an individual can enter a uh, two-year community college, complete two years in teacher preparation in arts or sciences and have a seamless transition and transfer uh, to a four-year institution in the state, public or private, and pursue the, the next two years uh, completing their, their education and teacher um, uh, as a team and become a teacher. Uh, those first two years, uh, candidly, would be at a third of the cost of a traditional full four-year education. So still getting high, high quality education those first two years at a third of the cost and then seamlessly transferring uh, to a four-year institution. So that's just one example. There, there, there are several other course courses of study that we've developed these uh, articulation agreements to ensure that, um, as I mentioned earlier, that we uh, candidly believe uh, a strong case that the community college system should be the first choice uh, for higher education. When you look at accessibility, uh, the doors are open for those who apply. Uh, Affordability, clearly, uh, with the crushing debt uh, that many of our families face now, uh, for those just entering higher education, for those that want to be uh, reskilled or, or or additional education to be competitive in the current market, uh, the, the community college system provides that high quality education uh, at a fraction of the cost of our four-year institutions. Uh, but we still have these agreements uh, that they will make it an either-or choice. It can be both. And um, uh, we feel strongly that that partnership with our our public institutions and independent colleges and universities is very critical now to ensure that we have a, you know, uh, you know we, we have a goal of, of 20 in 2030 to have an additional 2 million people in the state to uh, have some level of post, uh, post um, secondary education, uh, whether that's a certificate or diploma certification, two year degree, four year degree, to ensure that we meet the, the workforce demands in North Carolina. I, I've noticed uh, through the years uh, as we have developed more pre, preschool programs, uh, uh, and the term K through 12 uh, sort of replaced one through 12, and now there are even programs before K. Uh, 
I have also noticed that a lot of students uh, seemingly don't have a lot. Uh, they're finishing their high school education earlier, and many of them are taking light loads as seniors. Um, is it time to re-examine? Uh, uh, maybe should it, should it be K through eleven? Uh, are any other states experiencing uh, any uh, uh, programs that are working in this direction, or is everybody sort of in the same boat? Yeah, I, I think uh, you know. I'll certainly let my good friend Catherine Truitt address whether it should be K eleven or K twelve. But what I will say uh, is that. Uh, we have a strong partnership uh, with K-12 and, and obviously with, with our high schools in the state uh, through dual enrollment. And that provides an opportunity for a student uh, to, while they're in high school, uh, to take college level courses, uh, no cost to the student. And they either get high, uh, credit while they're in high school for college, they receive that credit. Uh, we had an individual on our state board, our student representative, uh, was a dual enrolled student. He was literally in high school uh, and also a student at, uh, again, Gaston College. And he graduated uh, Gaston College with a two-year associates. And then the following week, uh, he received his high school graduation. So I believe, um, you know, the, 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 uh, the grade 12 and even 11, but certainly grade 12 in our state provides, given the, the uh, relationship that we have with our our uh, public education system uh, uh, provides us the opportunity to provide that additional pathway for opportunity uh, from a higher education perspective. Well, as you said, the cost of education is, has, gotten, has risen so high so fast, and so many students not only go to four years of college, but also uh, more and more finding it necessary or even desirable to get a graduate degree. And of course, that just adds to the cost of uh, their student debt, if they have uh, student debt, and most of them do. Um, so anything that can be done to take that burden off, like uh, taking the first two years in community college, uh, as you said, I think, what did you say, a third of the cost? Certainly. An example with uh, our teacher preparation, uh, the, uh, associates and teacher prep, you know, those first two years are about a third of the cost of, of the first two years in a four-year institution. Well, right now, of course, everywhere you go, you see now hiring, I, I pull up beside behind trucks, uh, service trucks, and the, the company's name will be there and right below it, it says now hiring. You go through uh, retail areas and almost everywhere you see uh, is a sign that says now hiring. I know my own company, we've got... Uh, 24 openings right now, and we're not that large a company to have that many openings. Um, how do we how do we look to the future? Because North Carolina is growing so rapidly, and we're creating so many more jobs. How are we going to fill all these jobs? Uh, the, the community college system is well prepared to do just that. <laughs> uh, I, I agree. I mean, we I talk to uh, corporate leaders across the state of North Carolina. I talked to literally this week, uh, uh, we had a global company make an announcement here in North Carolina, billion dollar investment, uh, over 600 jobs. And um, as I talk with that company, that that is one of the key uh, conversations you hear uh, from our business community now and ensuring that we have a vibrant uh, workforce pipeline 
one of the reasons that North Carolina is able to attract uh, these global companies and, uh, and expand uh, candidly is because of our community college system. Companies are looking not just what's available now in the workforce, but five and 10 years down the road. Does the state have the ability uh, to provide that highly uh, educated workforce? And we do in North Carolina. Uh, so certainly it, it's, a, it's a challenge that we want to have, but it's a challenge that we are prepared to meet with our, our, our community college system, uh, our 58 colleges across the state uh, to ensure that we have that, um, you know, regardless of the, the course of study, whether it's engineering or healthcare or IT or biotechnology, you know, North Carolina is becoming a national hub uh, for biotechnology uh, and the, in the, in the biosciences. Uh, and we are, we are responding uh, with our, our, our program focus in community colleges to ensure that that workforce uh, is, is prepared for the opportunities that are, are growing here in our state. You know, in looking at your resume, I see that you uh, uh, were district director of the United States Small Business Administration. I suspect that is really providing you with a great, great uh, background for many of the challenges you have in your present job as president of the community college system. Well, uh, yes, I mean, uh, you know, the community college system and our business community um, have to be uh, very much aligned. Uh, you know, when we talk about global companies, they are very important to our state. Uh, but uh, as I uh, would, would, would tout uh, as district director of uh, SBA, we have over 900,000 small businesses in North Carolina. Uh, they provide the backbone of our economy in the state. They are hiring our neighbors, our family members, our friends. Uh, and so while we, we certainly focus on the, the global companies locating in North Carolina, our small business uh, community here in North Carolina is very vibrant. And they also are a source of uh, partnership with our community colleges. And, and we are providing uh, that workforce for those uh, small businesses across the state in our community. So, yes, that that uh, that uh, that role provided me opportunity to have, you know, just a, you know, good insight into uh, the small business community, its role in our economy, and that is coupled with, uh, as I said, the the global companies that are located in our state as well. You also, uh, in your background, served as a member of the city council of Durham, North Carolina for three terms from 99 to 2007. And of course, that also gave you an opportunity to, to see the community college system from the point of local government. And I, I suspect that also has served you well in this new job that you have. Yeah, it, it has. And because it, it is a strong partnership in particular uh, with our, our county commissioners in, in the counties across the state, uh, they provide uh, funding for our community colleges. So um, uh, certainly blessed with a, a unique background that gives me, uh, it provided me the opportunity to see the benefit of the community college and work with them in, in various ways. Uh, and yes, yeah, so through that, uh, the public service uh, there in Durham, certainly work, working with Durham Technical Community College uh, and the, the, the role it served in preparing uh, the citizens uh, for opportunities, but understanding that from an elected official's uh, perspective and how important it is to provide a, a vibrant environment for our colleges and communities uh, certainly has been beneficial for me. Well, in the next segment, I want to talk about money and uh, 
uh, in particular, talk about where the funding comes to run the community colleges and the community college system. It is an interesting uh, uh, collaboration between the counties and the state government and, of course, tuition. So we'll do that when we return. Our guest is Thomas Stiff. He's the president of the North Carolina Community College System, one of our crown jewels in the state. And uh, as I said, we will start talking about money and where it comes from. And we'll also take a look at uh, any legislation that has been introduced in this current term of the General Assembly that affects the community college system. And we'll do that when we return right after these messages. The Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council present the story of Tom and Levi. Tom is the smartest man I know. He's been a professor at two major universities, been a teacher for over 40 years. One day, he told me that he was having um, problems in his classes. I think one of the students had asked the question and he didn't remember the answer. And I also noticed that he was letting his class out earlier than they were supposed to let out. And he was telling them that he was doing it as a favor to them. But I think in reality, he just wanted to get out of there. Um, I was really starting to worry because I saw something was wrong. Levi and I talked about how it would change our lives, but he was there beside me, and my love for him was just immense. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash ourstories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. you love them enough to turn off your music and pretend like their music is your music. Ah, oh, this is mommy's jam. Then surely you'll check NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to make sure they're in the right car seat. Let's play it again. Check today at NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Act Council. Now, once again, with today's Carolina Newsmakers, here's Don Curtis. Welcome back to Carolina Newsmakers. Our guest this week is the president of the North Carolina Community College System that uh, currently serves over a half million students across the state with its 58 campuses uh, across North Carolina. And that would be Thomas Stiff. And uh, we, in the last segment, we said we were going to talk about money this segment. We're, where does your money come from? Where does the funding for the uh, community colleges the system come from? Who supplies the buildings? Who supplies the payroll and so forth? Where does your budget come from? Sure. Yeah, that's, that's always the key question. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, the bulk of our funding or the majority of the funding comes uh, from our state legislators, from the taxpayers of the state of North Carolina. Uh, we had a historic uh, investment in the community college system in this last budget, over $1.4 billion. Uh, that was the, the largest budget, certainly in over a decade. And it really uh, culminated uh, not only with the, the community college system speaking with one voice, our, our state board, our system office, our 58 presidents, our trustees, over 700 trustees across the state. But it, it really was a recognition uh, by our state leaders of the critical role uh, served by our community colleges. Uh, so uh, the majority of the funding uh, su supplied by the, the, uh, the North Carolina uh, General Assembly through appropriations and certainly budget signed by the governor. Uh, we also, our colleges receive funding at the local level uh, from their local county commissioners, typically 
uh, focusing on more so on capital uh, buildings. Uh, so capital, uh, they can provide other uh, supplemental funding. So it is very important for our community colleges, not only to have a voice at the state level uh, and ensuring that our legislative and executive branch leaders are aware of uh, the, the good work uh, that we're doing in the community college system, but we also, uh, our, our colleges make a very um, focused effort in engaging at the local level with their county commissioners to ensure uh, that they uh, are adequately uh, funded at the, at the local level. And they're also uh, nonprofit funding. We, we work very strongly uh, when, when I say nonprofit and also corporate uh, support through scholarships. Uh, the Golden Leaf Foundation, as an example, uh, is a very strong supporter uh, uh, providing scholarships uh, from tobacco dependent counties, former tobacco dependent counties to students that want to attend community colleges. Uh, the GlaxoSmithKline Foundation has been very supportive in particular in health, uh, health focusing in health careers, in particular nursing, uh, the Belk Endowment as well. So we, uh, we have strong partnerships uh, with uh, both foundations and, and certainly private sector and industry, many partnerships uh, uh, with private sector companies uh, on specific uh, uh, programs uh, for uh, workforce uh, development. Uh, so we, we in, uh, try to ensure that we're reaching out to all our stakeholders, both public and private, uh, as they uh, certainly recognize the value of community colleges across the state. As a ballpark figure, what percentage of the operating expenses is covered by tuition? Uh, that's a good, <laughs> a, a good point. Uh, uh, our, our tuition, uh, depending on course of study, is about 2500 to 2800 uh, So the majority, uh, a significant amount is paid uh, through state appropriations. I mean, they're, uh, you know, it, it certainly uh, provides the bulk of that, but that, that, that's the, the typical tuition cost, and it, it would be uh, majority covered by uh, state, uh, state funding. Do we fund our systems pretty much like the other community college systems across the country? I, I don't, you know, the, the short answer is no. We have a very, and that's one of the things that we're, we're reviewing now. We have a funding formula. Uh, it is um, one that is paid, uh, not to get too technical, but we're paid, uh, as we say, in arrears. It's last year's enrollment it is based on FTEs, uh, and those are individual uh, add up to individual students taking the coursework. Uh, so it is a, a formula-based funding model, uh, one that we're looking at now. And, and I know we want to talk about, uh, you know, future legislation, but one of the things that we're looking at is uh, ensuring that we're valuing our students uh, and valuing our, our employees as well uh, as we look forward to future uh, funding. So uh, that, as I said, I know we were going to talk about that soon, about future legislation, and we can talk about, uh, you know, certainly what we have um, had recommended to our state leaders as far as funding is concerned. Well, basically, we all know that teachers uh, must love their work because most of them, many of them could probably be earning higher compensation in private business or private enterprise than they do teaching, so that it's a love of their profession that keeps them there, going there, but by the same token, they also have to pay the bills and they have to live. Are, are, are we 
competitive in our salaries? Uh, if not, uh, how do we get that way? Well, candidly, when we say our salaries for faculty and staff, we are not competitive. And that's, we have just instituted a um, three-year legislative initiative. And we are saying we, it is gonna be extremely important to value our employees. When you look at the surrounding states, uh, Virginia, South Carolina, Georgia, Tennessee, uh, we are below the average amount of state funding uh of our our peer states right here in the southeast so as a part of our three-year legislative initiative uh over the next three years our current short, short session and then the next uh, biennium budget which will cover two years we have a a legislative initiative that would increase over three years uh, uh employee salaries by eight percent and that would bring us on average with those uh, surrounding uh, four states to ensure that we are at least uh, competitive with those states that are immediately uh, next to North Carolina. Uh, right now, uh, uh, candidly, our, our salaries are not competitive uh, even with our peer community colleges. Well, I know the General Assembly has uh, continued to look with favor on the community college system and realize what a what a jewel it is in, in, in our economic development because obviously lots of companies want to locate in North Carolina. And a large part of that is the, uh, the ability of our state to provide good labor, well-trained labor. And that's what the community college system does in so many cases. Another area that you've been so successful in various areas is, is uh, when the various industries go out of style and are replaced like the textile jobs that were lost and the tobacco manufacturing jobs and the furniture jobs that were lost through the years from the 80s and the 90s and so forth of re-educating and re-equipping the labor force. And that is a vital, vital job. Tell me a little bit more about how you go about that. Well, you're exactly right. And that's, that's what we're seeing now. Uh, when we've identified uh, those high demand, high paying careers, uh, they range from healthcare to IT, uh, to biotechnology. Uh, and so we, we know North Carolina has uh, that, that workforce uh, because as you mentioned, we've had those traditional industries. Uh, so we've assessed where are the needs of the marketplace now? Where, where are the jobs? Uh, because we don't want an individual to go through a program of study at the community college and not ultimately uh, be able to receive a, a, a high demand, high, high paying job. Uh, we, we, you know, my personal belief is that, you know, education is a pathway uh, to opportunity. So we've identified those high demand careers and ensure that we provide uh, our programs at our community colleges or align with those high, high demand, high paying uh, careers. We also, for those industries, uh, some that are either existing or expanding in our communities, uh, existing, expanding in our communities or going to locate in North Carolina, we provide customized training for those individuals. And we actually cover the cost of that uh, for businesses. Uh, on last year, almost $9 million uh, was uh, paid uh, to cover the cost of customized training uh, for business and industry in North Carolina. So not only our traditional uh, curriculum or uh, continuing education courses that are offered, offered at our colleges. We work again very closely with business and industry to 
to provide customized training for specific uh, education that is needed uh, to the tune, as I said, last uh, fiscal year, almost $9 million in that type of training was conducted. And the good news in some of these cases, in most cases, is we were replacing jobs with higher paying jobs. When we lost the textile jobs, uh, those were basically manufacturing salaries and they were low. And, and in many cases, the businesses that have come in, the industry that's come in uh, has higher pay scale and that's great for the state. And uh, not only, uh, you know, <laughs> where, where does the state get most of their money? They get their money from the citizens. And so the higher wages that are earned help the state uh, in uh, raising their money for other purposes like transportation and so forth. Right, and I mean, as we said, we just touched on a moment ago, your question is, you know, how are we funded the community college system? And as I said, you know, the majority, about 40% comes from tuition and in the balance, two thirds or a little less than two thirds, that's coming from state, you know, tax dollars. So while we, we get, you know, close to 40% of our, our budget through tuition and, and then, then the balance through state tax dollars, and. Uh, we have to be mindful uh, uh, of those expenditures. Now, as I understand, the counties are basically responsible for the uh, capital improvements and new buildings and so forth. Are we in pretty good shape with our buildings? And uh, uh, are there any campuses that uh, uh, need uh, improvements in that area? I would say every campus would uh, have a list for you, uh, either new construction uh, and in particular renovations. Uh, at the beginning of uh, the, the previous legislative session, we uh, assessed our colleges and uh, polled our colleges. We identified over a half a billion dollars of either um, uh, deferred maintenance that was needed or new construction because of uh, expanding needs uh, for programs. Uh, that once again, this, this historic budget that we had last year had, uh, was budgeted uh, over $400 million over four years uh, for renovation and uh, new construction. Uh, so that will begin uh, to address some of the needs. And, and typically, as we discussed earlier, uh, those needs, uh, capital needs are typically uh, uh, paid at the county level, but this was you know state level uh, investment in our colleges. So that's a long-winded yes. There, there are needs uh, from a capital perspective. Our, our state leaders have recognized that and have begun to have started to, to address that as well. Well, of course, you know, one of the problems with new construction, new construction that was 50 years ago, those buildings, uh, roofs wear out, air conditioners wear out. <laughs> the more square footage you add, you also then begin to add uh, uh, continuing maintenance to keep those buildings up to date. And that's uh, something we kind of forget when we build a new building that, that the bill is going to come back again and we're going to have to do some uh, upfitting. And, and uh, so that's always a situation that uh, uh, I don't think anybody likes to repair a building. We like to build new buildings, but we don't like to repair old buildings. But one's just as necessary as the other. Indeed, I think that's what we always have to remember, remember that when we when we build this uh, new infrastructure, uh, that uh, we have to ensure that we maintain it as well. Uh, so you're correct. Uh, the, the new buildings are nice, but uh, new buildings 20 years from now <laughs> are not new and they need to be maintained. Yep, it, it happens just sure as it can. Well, uh, it's, it, it's interesting how this uh, 
Uh, and of course, with North Carolina's growth, I mean, we, we're going to have more and more people living in the state. And that means more and more demand on, on the community college system, more and more uh, people won't live here. Uh, that's a delightful situation for the state of North Carolina. Uh, everyone looks here and says, this is a great place to live. And part of the reason is because of all the planning that the legislature does in providing things like the community college system. Our guest is uh, Thomas Stiff. He's the president of the North Carolina Community College System. And we'll be back with one final segment. In this next segment, I'm going to ask uh, 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 Thomas to look at uh, what he sees as the future of the community college system and what his goals are uh, as he looks forward to planning for next year and the decade ahead. We'll do that when we return with the next segment of Carolina Newsmakers. Excuse me. I know you have a nine o'clock, so I'll keep this short. I'm the business suit in the back of your closet. You wore me nearly every day before your office went, quote, casual. I used to be the CEO of your closet. Now I'm just that one intern no one ever talks to. I always thought you'd circle back with me, get granular, keep me in the pipeline. But nada, nothing. Don't you remember the McKittrick presentation? You spilled coffee on me and I still looked amazing during the breakout talkback Q&A. So I think it's time for me to move on. I've got a great resume and I absolutely crush it in interviews, okay? Let's make this a clean break. Shift the paradigm. The only thing I ask is that you think outside the box here and do this. Take me to Goodwill, where I can really make a difference. Your donations to Goodwill create new jobs, training programs, and education assistance for people in your community. To find your nearest donation center, go to goodwill.org. Donate stuff. Create jobs. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. When you went car shopping, you meant business. You ace vehicle history searches and test drives. You out salesmen to the salesman. Now you've got your wheels. If you manage that, you can get your retirement plan on track. Visiting aceyourretirement.org can help. With 401k tips and smart saving strategies, you'll have the info you need to get more for your future. Go to aceyourretirement.org because when it comes to speeding past financial challenges, you're an ace. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Carolina Newsmakers continues, and once again, here's Don Curtis. Welcome back to the final segment of Carolina Newsmakers. A reminder to those of you who are listening to this program on the stations across the state, a number of the stations carry a half-hour version of the program, where others carry the full hour. If you happen to be listening to one of the stations that carries the half-hour version, if you'd like to hear the other two segments, you can go online to carolinanewsmakers.com, and you can hear those additional two segments. That's carolinanewsmakers.com. Our guest this week is Thomas Stiff. He is the uh, president of the North Carolina Community College System. He's been in that job about a year, almost a year and a half now. And we've talked about all sorts of things that uh, are going on in the community college system in the prior segments. But right now, I'd like to turn to the future and uh, uh, ask uh, Thomas, if he would, to uh, comment a little bit on his plans and his hopes and his dreams for the uh, the year ahead and the decade ahead uh, of what are you planning to do and where do you see the community college system going? So I'm going to turn it back over to you and let you just dream ahead. Well, thank you. Well, I think first and foremost, I, I think let's look at how the role of the community college system uh, serves in our state right now. We, we recently had a economic impact uh, study completed. It showed that our colleges uh, collectively across the state made over a $19 billion uh, impact on our state economy, supporting over 320,000 jobs. 
so as we, we take a snapshot of where we are now, uh, without question, we play a key role, not only in the higher education uh, ecosystem and preparing a highly edu uh, educated workforce, we make a significant impact on the state's economy. Uh, so as we look forward to the next year and the next five to 10 years, that, that role will continue to grow. Uh, we, we see business and industry expanding, existing business and industry in our state expanding. We, North Carolina, is a global competitor uh, for new industry. Uh, if you look at uh, the, the car manufacturers that are locating here, aerospace, uh, uh, bioscience companies, North Carolina is going to continue to be a global competitor uh, from an economic uh, development perspective, and the community college role will only uh, increase in that respect. Uh, so as, as we look at uh, the, the economic landscape, uh, we have to ask ourselves, how do we uh, continue to ensure that we meet the needs of business and industry in North Carolina? Uh, we're going to, in the, in the short term, uh, we're going to focus on ensuring uh, uh, from an enrollment perspective, uh, we continue the positive trend that we set uh, this uh, past fall. Uh, we, we were not immune during uh, the uh, global pandemic. Uh, nationally, community colleges saw a reduction in enrollment. Uh, we were a little bit below the national average, beating the national average. Uh, this fall, year over year, we beat the national average, um, which was still trending downward, and we had a 2% increase in enrollment. Why that's important is, we have to continue to uh, ensure that the, the, the people of North Carolina understand the opportunities that are available through our community college system, that it is preparing them for high demand, high wage, high, high paying jobs. And so we want continue to, from a broad perspective and focus, while we're focusing on enrollment, the key is to ensure that people understand the, the opportunity that is available through the community college system. Uh, as we discussed uh, a little earlier, uh, having said that, uh, North Carolina is an extremely diverse state. Uh, we have uh, a very thriving uh, uh, metropolitan and urban counties and, and uh, suburbs, uh, but we also have uh, rural communities uh, that are facing the impact of demographic changes and literal uh, declines in population. Uh, so we're going to look at strategic uh, ways to ensure uh, that all of our community colleges, in particular in our rural communities, uh, because of the critical role that they play, not only from a higher education and preparation uh, for, the, for the workforce opportunities, uh, but there are economic hubs in, in our rural communities. So we're going to look at specific strategies to ensure as our community college system thrives, uh, to ensure that our rural community colleges uh, serve and continue to serve uh, a, criti a critical role in their communities. We'll continue to work with our state leaders in the legislature and the executive branch. Uh, we have a very um, uh, thought out uh, three-year uh, legislative initiative uh, that focuses on uh, our valuing our students and ensuring that we are making the financial investment in our students. Uh, we, we did a study of our four surrounding counties, uh, counties, states, uh, Virginia, North uh, Virginia, uh, South Carolina, Georgia, Tennessee. And when we look at the amount of state funding uh, for per student uh, for state dollars, we find that those surrounding uh, count, uh, states 
had a level of 66% of their state funding uh, was geared, uh, the funding for their community colleges uh, came from the state. From North Carolina, it's 53%. So over the next three years, we have to become competitive with our surrounding states. Uh, we discussed also earlier about valuing our employees and making sure those same that same study looked at those four states that were competitive from a salary perspective because of the type of jobs that are here and are coming to North Carolina. Uh, it's going to require uh, uh, the, the skilled individuals in the front of the classroom to ensure that they're preparing uh, that highly trained workforce. So we're going to have to have uh, those individuals and uh, faculty and the supporting staff to provide that environment for success for our students. So uh, I, I um, you know, some some folks look at the current environment and say it's challenging for the community college system. You know, I just uh, I'm very enthusiastic about the future of the community college system. When I look at the passion of the individuals that are engaged in the community college system, our strong partnership with business and industry, I think our future is very bright. Uh, not, not that there won't be uh, uh, issues to address. Uh, that's going to be in any situation. Uh, but an, I'm a native North Carolinian. At no other time in our history have we been faced with the opportunities that we have now for our community college system and the role that it plays uh, in our econo economy in this state. And so I'm, I'm very optimistic uh, about the future of the system and the role that we'll play in ensuring that our our, uh, our citizens are prepared for the opportunities that are coming to North Carolina and that are growing here in North Carolina. Well, you touched on this uh, just briefly, but I want to expand just a little bit on it because one of the challenges you have and, and we have as a state is the fact that we've got 20, 25 counties that are growing just about as fast as they can grow. And then we have another 75 counties that are in some cases, actually, as you stated earlier, in a state of decline. And that's a challenge, and uh, that's where the community college system can help those counties so much in, in, in bringing them up to the level of success that the, the uh, really growth counties are having. That's, uh, but I'm sure that cause, uh, causes some challenges to uh, those campuses because uh, funding is even tougher in those counties. Sure. And, and that's why it's, it's very important to have a comprehensive uh, strategy when you look at our and, and working hand in hand with our economic developers uh, in our existing business and industry. Uh, when you look at the type of, um, you know, education that can be provided by our community colleges and, and look at what workforce will be needed and, and aligning our recruitment efforts uh, in those rural communities. Uh, as you look at some of the recent announcements, there are large uh, manufacturing, uh, whether it's advanced manufacturing uh, or other areas of manufacturing, and they, they're not going to be located in downtown Raleigh. Uh, they're going to be located in areas that they can have the infrastructure, uh, that they can have that uh, highly educated workforce, uh, but they need, as you know, we've had several of our, quote, mega sites uh, that have uh, received success. And so I think we can have a strong partnership uh, with some of our, our more rural counties and our community colleges uh, and, and, and tying that network to our more urban areas. Uh, it doesn't have to be an either or. It, it really needs to be a strategic look at how we attract, in particular, uh, those uh, manufacturing concerns. And when we say manufacturing, it's not like when you and I grew up. Uh, they're not dusty rooms anymore. I mean, they are, uh, when we say advanced manufacturing, 
Uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, you can wear your, your Sunday best as you walk uh, those uh, manufacturing floors, and, and it takes uh, highly trained and highly educated individuals to participate in that advanced manufacturing. And, and the community college is on the leading edge of that education. Uh, so I, when you look at the strategy, I think it's, it's going to be critical for us to look at those industries we are recruiting in, in, the, in the areas of the state that they can locate it. A topic that we didn't touch on and probably deserves more time than we've got left. We've got a couple of minutes left, a minute and a half. I'd like for you to comment a little bit on distant learning and where that comes into play, because, of course, the community college system, one of its uh, advantages is it is located all across the state, but there are still some opportunities in distant learning. What uh, what are you planning there and, and what do you see as the opportunity? Certainly. And, and, and prior to the pandemic, uh, we were very engaged in distant learning and, and, and having those virtual environments. We, we enhanced that uh, over the last couple of years, and we were able to utilize uh, some of the federal recovery money, in, as we were talking about now, in particular in our rural community colleges. Uh, we, we provided over 11 to $12 million to ensure uh, that we expanded uh, broadband into our rural community colleges, and we're fulfilling uh, the, the the last round of, of that expansion. Uh, so we, uh, we, we, when we talked earlier about the flexibility and the innovation of the community college system, uh, certainly distant learning and that 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 virtual learning environment uh, was something that had been embraced and and enhanced upon as we've worked through the last two years. So. We, we certainly have that as, as an option as well, uh, because we realize because of the diversity of our students, as I mentioned, that, you know, our graduates are from 14 to 77 years old. You have to have that uh, flexibility and innovation uh, to meet students where they are. Well, you mentioned broadband. That's one of the areas that everyone agrees we've got to continue to work on and improve. And North Carolina probably is a little ahead of, this, of the curve there, but uh, it is so important to bring broadband into all the areas that uh, uh, the state, and uh, that's a key, a key part of, of not only education, but also healthcare. Uh, well, I've, I've ended up with a sort of an awkward amount of time and not enough to uh, ask another question and give you sufficient time to answer, but uh, uh, I would urge our, our uh, listeners, if you'd like more information about the community college system, you can go online and just, uh, uh, look at uh, what they're doing, and of course, that would lead you to the community college system in your area as well. And and uh, uh, I'm just so impressed with some of the uh, innovative programs they're doing, and and I really appreciate so much uh, the work of uh, the entire system and what it's doing in the state of North Carolina. Uh, again, thank you, uh, Thomas, for being with us. We'll look forward to having you back again. Soon, our program has been produced by Jason Kong, and he'll have another interesting guest for us next week. If you'd like to hear a repeat of this broadcast or share it with a friend, you can go online right now to carolinanewsmakers.com. So until next week, same time on the same group of stations. Have a good week, everybody. Carolina Newsmakers is a production of NCN and is heard each week on a network of North Carolina's leading radio stations. To hear a repeat of this broadcast, go to carolinanewsmakers.com. Carolina Newsmakers is produced by Jason Kong. Network engineer is Alan Sherrill. I'm Scott Fitzgerald inviting you to join us again next week, same time, for Carolina Newsmakers. Newsmakers.